Thank you for joining us for the Friday edition of Main Thing Radio with Pastor Robert Fountain and his wife, Elizabeth. Today, Robert and Elizabeth will continue tackling life issues from a married perspective. His love is the main thing. His love is the main thing. So we mix it up, mix it up. His love is the main thing. His love is the main thing. It's one thing to have some enemies in life. It's another thing to have your king and his armies hunting you down. You know what I mean? I mean, that's, can you imagine? Years. Yeah, for 15, and, and you're just a kid when it starts. I mean, you know, he, he was at most 17, 18, 19, somewhere in that, I mean, he's just a young guy. Pastor Robert and his wife will be teaching about David when he was being persecuted by his own king, Saul. His trials will provoke some thinking about our own journey. David was on the run for 15 years. The target was on his back, but when he had a time of rest, he had an idea of something he would like to do for the Lord. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert and his wife, Elizabeth. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now here's Pastor Robert and Elizabeth with today's message. Greek philosopher Socrates said the unexamined life is not worth living. The Bible agrees with him. The Bible says to us in Proverbs chapter 23, the beginning of verse 7, I'm paraphrasing, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Psychology acknowledges that human behavior is just the tip of the iceberg when considering the value system held by an individual. And tonight, we want to reflect on what forms the actual iceberg. We're going to look at it through the lens of Scripture because the Scriptures have the power to transform our lives. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 says, We all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. We're going to be looking at um, 2 Samuel chapter 7 tonight. So, the idea with these questions is just to draw up sort of what's already going on at some level inside of you. When you become aware of it, then it, and it's sort of right in, under the surface for you, then it's easier for scripture to be applied to that than if it's something hidden. So that's the premise of this. What do I bring with me that I wish I didn't? Just whatever comes to mind, are there habits or relationships or unforgiveness or anything that you bring with you that really you would rather drop? And then on the flip side, what did I leave behind that I wish I hadn't? Are there... Sometimes there are good habits we left behind that are sort of 
We know it, but sort of making yourself aware, what, what did I leave behind that I wish I hadn't? Habits, relationships, anything that you wish you hadn't left behind. What am I most grateful for? What am I most grateful for? What am I most afraid of? Let's bring it right up. And what do I hope or pray for? Again, the idea with this sort of reflection is to be aware so that the, the things that are true in you, not the things you wish were true, but the things that are true in you, that they would be illuminated by scripture, which is always true. Sometimes we forget like scripture and God, it always is what it is. Whether we dismiss it or embrace it or whatever we do with it, it just is constant, it is what it is. But it is intended to meet, it's the complete truth of scripture that's intended to meet the broken truth of us, that's when we become transformed into his image. So that's the point of these questions. So that's why, it's a, it, in a sense, it's a private exercise. It's between you and him. He already knows it. There's no point in pretending. Mm. But you may need to be aware and, and that way allow his scripture to, to be like a salve that comes in and does its anti-probiotic work inside yeah. of you. And another little word of caution, you know, one of my mentor in the faith early on confronted the fact, uh, gently and lovingly, but he's, you know, I remember him saying one time, we human beings tend to like to make the soft choices rather than the hard choices. And what he meant by that is, you know, when confronted by scripture or, or by, you know, a brother in Christ, a sister in Christ, with something that really is not right in our lives, an attitude, or maybe it's an action, or, you know, whatever it may be, you know, or, or we're confronted with the opportunity to, do the right thing or to not do something that we know eh, probably shouldn't do that. He said a lot of times we'll, we'll excuse ourselves just a little. We'll make a soft choice rather than just making the hard choice and saying no or making the hard choice and saying I'm going to do this even though it's going to be painful, even though I really would prefer not to. I have to do this, you know, making that hard choice. And I run into that as a pastor quite often when, and I'll give you an example. I've shared this before, but years, and this is many, many years ago now, 15, 20 years ago, there was a, a guy in the church and he just, he would rather lie than tell the truth. The guy was just, a, he was such a liar. It was just amazing how this guy would lie about stuff. And I confronted him with it. I'm like, you know, the Bible actually says don't do that. This is one of those really black and white things, you know? It's not like a gray area. Thou shalt not lie. I mean, it's in the Bible, you know, but don't bear false witness. And you know what he said to me in response? Nobody's perfect. And I said to him, yeah, but you're not even giving it a shot, bro. <laughs> you're not even giving it a little bit of a shot. You're not trying at all. And don't, we're not going to be, you know, there's no test at the end, right? <laughs> We're not going to be examining you. Nobody's going to be under a magnifying glass. But be honest with him and be honest with yourself. Make the hard choices because, see, you're the one who will suffer for the soft choices that you make. Now, there may be others. There probably will be others, people in your family, friends, you know. But anyway, our focus in 2 Samuel is going to be King David. You know, King David spent about 15 years as a fugitive, unjustly hunted by a king who was completely insane with jealousy and paranoia. And, you know, the old saying, you know, you can be 
paranoid and still have enemies. Well, this was a situation where I don't even know if you can rightly call it paranoia because King Saul knew that God had appointed David to take his throne. He kind of knew that finally but you know he David had spent the first 15 years or so we don't know exactly how many but but as a kid as a as a boy and and as a a teenager he was shepherding the family sheep you know and is just out out in the wilderness with the sheep you know learning how to be a, a shepherd and then the next 15 years or so he was on the run because King Saul wanted him dead you know it's I've often thought it's one thing to have some enemies in life. It's another thing to have your king and his armies hunting you down. You know what I mean? I mean, that's, can you imagine? Years. Yeah, for 15, and, and you're just a kid when it starts. I mean, you know, he, he was at most 17, 18, 19, somewhere in that, I mean, he's just a young guy when all of a sudden his own king came after him with all the armies of, of Israel and, and trying to hunt him down and kill him. Now, think about this. I mean, have, have you ever been in this kind of position? I, I don't mean a position of, of being hunted. What I mean is a position of, of finally breaking through that feeling of being overwhelmed to the place of being free. See, David spent 15 years just watching the sheep, taking care of the sheep, doing his thing. And then all of a sudden, that switches. He spends 15 years with a target on his back having to hide in caves, having to live among his enemies. And, and then overnight, it's over. And he finds himself king of Israel. Imagine the relief. Imagine the, this. I mean, I, I remember a few years ago being in that kind of position where, where all of a sudden, everything lifted from one day to the next. It was surreal. You know what I mean? Have you ever been there? Do you know what I mean? You've been crushed, and then from one day to the next, it's over? You know, you just weighted down with stress and maybe fear, and then everything just lifts off? 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 1, says, Now it came to pass when the king was dwelling in his house, And the Lord had given him rest from all his enemies all around. That the king said to Nathan the prophet, See, now I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of God dwells inside tent curtains. One may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. This verse is from the book of Ecclesiastes, and this is at the very heart of the vision for this special Friday edition of Main Thing Radio. Jesus, Pastor Robert, and his wife Elizabeth, a threefold cord presenting God's Word in a way that will inspire you in your own marriage and walk with God. Pastor Robert's vision is that through this fresh method of approaching God's Word, that husbands and wives will be equipped to face the world on a united front, as one team joined together by God, sharing the light of Jesus Christ with the lost and dying world all around us. Monday through Thursday here on Main Thing Radio, we share messages from worship services at Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach. 
but today's message is unique. As you listened today, we're confident that you heard from God through Pastor Robert and Elizabeth. Well, that's all the time we have here for today. On Monday, Pastor Robert will be back with us teaching through God's Word verse by verse. So make plans to join us on Monday right here on Main Thing Radio.